Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into the cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Human vulnerability is almost completely ignored in the security awareness space. But why is that? Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. It's time to change the focus and bring it back to the human factor. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. Assessing the constantly evolving human risk is how we make our company safer and more secure. I'm Connor Swalm, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I am Connor Swalm, the CEO of FinSecurity and the host of the Gone Fishing Podcast. And I am joined once again by one of my best friends, Raymond Orsini. I called you Raymond. I think I don't know if anyone else called. I, I, am I in trouble? That's what my mom used to do. She'd like Raymond Gregory Orsini Jr. <laughs> and then I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. So in our in the last show, we talked about what's kind of the state of in your mind the MSP industry. You've been a part of it for much longer than I have. At least you've founded an MSP. You now OIT serves wow. MSPs. Yeah. MMN reports on MSPs. So if one person knows something about MSPs, it's probably Tom Lawrence, but I'll also put you. I guarantee. You. Okay. I appreciate that. I, pre- I'll put I was you. a bit legal, but yeah. Okay. So <laughs> wasn't Tom Lawrence on one of your previous episodes? He was, he was, uh, and he'll probably be on many more episodes because I love chatting with him. Um, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a great guy. So a concept that was brand new to me when I started in this industry was how important community is to MSPs, how important it should needs to be for the vendors and the partners that they work with, and even to an extent to their clients. So a question that I have that I pose to a bunch of folks is what separates the bad from the good, the out of touch from the in touch vendors with in regards to their their concept of community and how they treat it? What's your perspective on that? So yeah, uh as as our good friend Slagle likes to say, I have opinions on this. Um you know, and and I apologize if you watched the last episode because now it'll sound like name dropping. Uh, but I am a moderator of our MSP, largest MSP community on the planet, uh, and I actively participate in probably every single other one too. Uh, the Facebook groups, MSP, uh, MSP, IT pool party, MRU. Um, and the reason I say that is because to me, community is everything. Uh, my LinkedIn profile even says uh, champion for MSPs um, because the community is what allows that to happen. It increases transparency. I think some of the problem with some of the vendors is, or the opportunity for improvement, as I like to say, um, the opportunity is that a lot of vendors look at community as just another marketing channel, right? Um, how many look at social media as a marketing channel? How many look at um, you know webinars as a marketing channel uh, versus conversations that you are? You're actually getting to know people and addressing serious concerns, um, but you're also a very active and uh, and supportive member of the MSP. So, right. That's the contrast to those people that look at this stuff as marketing channels. Yeah. And those that do it, they come in and I'm, and I'm not saying they can't be successful. They can, you know, there's companies that are built on that. Um, but the companies that come in from day one and really mean to be part of the community and serving the communities first, serving their companies second, as crazy as that sounds, especially for two CEOs like us, right? Like we should hundred percent be focused on our companies. Uh, but you and I are very much, I mean, we were talking to this guy and, uh, that was going to bed the other day, wanted to check on his fin trial. Right. Um, we were talking <laughs> yeah. to Deke. and so, uh, you know, it's so important to be focused on the community because 
in the end, it comes back to you. And you're not doing it because it comes back to you. You're doing it because it's a worthwhile thing to support MSPs, educate them, be there for them, connect them when they need to. As vendors, we get a a nice uh, eagle eye view of the entire landscape, right? Like you have MSPs across the globe, you know, same with me, so that when an MSP comes to me and says, I need somebody in West Virginia, I need somebody in Nevada, I need somebody in Australia. Um, yes, I realize states versus country, don't yell at me. But, you know, when they come to me, chances are I either know somebody that's a partner of mine or I know somebody in the community that I can connect them with. Um, I just did that yesterday. I connected an MSP with one of my voice clients that didn't have an MSP. And I was like, here, have fun, get to know each other. Yeah. Um, you know, and so vendors that work that way grow, right? We've seen it. We've seen yourself. We've seen, um, I'm not going to call it any other names, but we've seen the vendors that do it. We've seen the vendors that started huge on community. Uh, yeah. There was a vendor that I started using in 2011, 2012, um, specifically because I said, if their support sucks, I at least know there's a giant community I can go ask questions on and they'll give me the information. And that was a giant part of why I went with that software product. Um, they also had amazing forums at the time and videos that focused a lot on education. So it was a win-win. Um, now, mind you, this is 2011. Nowadays, you know, I'm, I'm sure Jamie's in the background. Yeah, we need videos. No kidding. Like all of us, we, we know this. These are table stakes, right? Yeah. Going back to our previous episode. Um, but in 2011, that wasn't the norm. We didn't have people focused on YouTube channels and whatever, but this vendor had it. And then as they, I'm specifically not calling out the name, but as years progressed, they exited, they weren't as involved as heavily in the community. Um, their forums had shut down or gone stagnant. Um, they had one or two forays in the community, but it wasn't the hard press it used to be. Um, and their view in the community changed yeah. significantly. MSPs noticed it. Um, and to not say that that's the end of the world, same vendor in the last couple of last three years has reinvigorated their focus on the, on the community and it has improved versus their competitors. Um, and it shows you, you don't have to be the best. You don't have to be great. You just have to be in the conversation. So if you're in the conversation, listen, Connor, you're a friend. If I screw up something, you're more likely to have a conversation, be understanding with me than if, you know, I was just a vendor or, you know, it was just a transaction really. Well, the reality is I know so many of your employees that actually, I just call them and yeah. complain about you. And yeah. then we end up talking. Together. True story. <laughs> True story. And then I'm on my, one of my own live streams and then it suddenly the audio dubbing gets off for some reason. And yeah, it's uh, and AI so takes <laughs> over and starts saying embarrassing things. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wearing pants? No, <laughs> no, but you know, those vendors that take advantage of the community, it's a big deal. Uh, and they reap the rewards. Yeah. Um, and it definitely gives them better. I'm not going to pretend we've never had issues with my own companies. You know what I mean? Of course we have, but when you have the conversation and you're transparent in those communities, mm. don't just look at it as PR, but you know, if I screwed up and it's something that affected you, as a friend, I'd come to you and say, look, Connor, I'm, I screwed up. I'm sorry. This is what happened. Give you a heads up. The vendors that do that in the communities are so much, besides that they're loved, they, they have so much better interaction, better client adoption, better spread across the MSP base, the 40, 50, 70,000 MSPs in the U.S., depending on who you ask. There's so much opportunity. You just need to be part of the conversation. Become a friend. Why do you think, why do you think the MSP industry kind of, I'll use the term, evolved that way. Why, why is it kind of necessary that community is such a huge piece of the culture and the industry as a whole? Because stereotypes are funny. And, you know, as per usual, it's half the conversation. 
So, you know, your, your mom or your uncle or, you know, whatever starts talking to you, meet somebody at the bar and you say, I'm in IT and they picture some dude eating Cheetos, flaming hot, you know, drinking code red <laughs> in a dark closet, maybe with a UV light, maybe playing Warzone, who knows, maybe playing Warzone. You know what I mean? But like at three in the morning, that's what that's the, the, you know, the, the epitome of the IT guy in the view of most people, right? You see this in Hollywood all the time, right? Some socially awkward person that doesn't know how to engage, doesn't know how to communicate. And while a good majority of MSPs and IT providers are, do identify as introverts, absolutely. Um, the truth of the matter is, I, I think the MSP world has evolved to understand we can be alone, but also together. Right, being in these communities, some people like in person. You, I go to conferences, and we enjoy the hell out of them. But you know exactly how exhausting they can be sometimes. Yeah. Um, and even though you're having fun, it's no different than going to the beach. You have a blast, and when you get home, you're exhausted. Um, but some people like those in-person interactions. Some people like the online forum interactions. Right? Tom Lawrence's forums, MSP Geeks forums, uh, Reddit, SpiceWorks, and then there's some that just like online real-time community. Right, the MSP geeks, the MRUs, IT pool parties, Facebook groups. Um, but the, the thing is, regardless across this giant swath, MSPs value interacting with others so they don't feel alone. They just always don't. They don't always outwardly show that they don't want to be alone. But the truth of the matter is, nobody wants to be alone. Even in my darkest day, darkest days, where I'm frustrated with everybody, <laughs> like I need a bourbon, you know, I still enjoy going home and knowing my wife's available. Like, should I go want to have a conversation? And community allows that. It makes your friends are there whenever you need. Um, and I think that's been a huge, a huge benefit for MSPs, uh, more so than many other communities I'm part of. That makes a lot of sense. One thing that I've always thought is if you look at <clears throat> if you look at the relationship that most MSPs have with their clients, right? How how intimate of a relationship is that? So if you have a small business that is getting all of their IT, their infrastructure, their security services through one relationship, which is MSPs typically work, you're essentially entrusting not only your your current business, but your future business, your ability to grow, your ability to skip, your ability to, to not be a victim of a cyber attack or to at least not have it end your business is completely in the hands of this one provider. And that the seriousness with which that relationship has to be held is, I've always viewed that as that's also how MSPs treat their vendors as a result. It's like, well, if this is how much my client trusts me, this is how much I need to trust the tools that I'm using to serve them. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it's, and it's absolutely true. It, the, the liability has gone up significantly for MSPs. Yeah. Um, where, you know, because like you talked about in the previous episode, where maybe their password manager was breached. Nameless, nameless password manager. It's uh, it's called FinPass. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, don't get my dev team all riled up like that. Right? They're gonna it's think we released easy. it. Super easy. Yeah. Yeah. Super um, easy. Yeah, I, I can already see Josh chasing me now. So, but my thing is, you know, we're the ones telling the vendors. This is the counterpoint to that other conversation we we're having in the last episode where bringing these solutions down so they're table stakes. You wouldn't question if you're putting an antivirus. You wouldn't question if they're using email. These are just basal things. Well, so does security and awareness training. So is MFA, so are password managers. But to be able to do that where the client trusts you of, hey, Connor, whatever you say, I'm going to use. I got you. You got my card. Let's do it. Um, you have to, that requires an infinite amount of trust in the MSP 
and the MS, MSP better do their due diligence. Um, and due diligence is hard with vendors. It's really hard because not everybody is transparent. Not everybody is puts the stuff out there. will answer the questions when you ask or understand where you're coming from. Uh, and even if they can't say yes to the question you're asking, they may be able to provide an alternate solution or at least a reasoning why. Um, very few of the vendors do this, but here's a secret. The vendors that do that are usually in the community because they're already having the conversations. And the benefit of the community, you may have one MSP ask a question, say, does Finn do this? And the other MSP would have said, well, I, that's actually a good question. I actually would have, wouldn't have thought of that, but I need that too. Get that value where you know it's hard to do anywhere else. Yeah, it is. Where do you see where do you see companies take their first misstep uh, in regards to community? What's kind of a glaringly obvious? If somebody's listening to this, like, damn, I want to get involved in communities, don't want to do it incorrectly. What would be your thought? So, uh, one of my favorite sayings: uh, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Supposed to listen twice as much as you talk. Um, if you walk into a room, you would, most of us, maybe you and me are the wrong examples for this, but most people <laughs> would not walk into a room and just start talking, right? Yeah. <laughs> like most people would listen, take, you know, take the temperature, <clears throat> see who's involved, see who's there, see who they recognize. They wouldn't just walk in and start talking. With online communities, it's very easy to just join a server. Hey guys, blah, 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 and start talking. You know, I'm Mike from XYZ MSP vendor company, and you guys can use us to do this. And, you know, you can buy us right away and you get two free months homie, I don't want to hear your sales pitch if I don't even know your name. You know what I mean? If I've never met you before, like let's establish a relationship because anybody that understands sales knows you have to establish a relationship, right? Identify the client, get past the gatekeeper, determine the pain points, establish a report to develop a solution, you know, close the deal, go to our objections, close the deal, blah, blah. We've all heard this in one of the 14 billion sales books. Um, but you have to have the relationship. And if you're sitting there walking in just yelling your stuff, you're that guy that's spinning the cardboard at, on the street corner that's, you know, spinning the sign. While it's cool to watch for a little bit, you're not going to get into a two-hour conversation, right? Um, and you're probably you're going to question it. Unless it's some retail good, you're probably not going to buy a service from it um, because that's the wrong avenue, right? That's cool, but it's the wrong avenue. Well, same thing here. If you just walk in and start talking, you're not yeah. going to be successful. If you walk in and listen and then genuinely try to be part of the conversation so it's not about you it's about everybody then you can you know then you can succeed there's there's two things i've always thought is you know to piggyback on your statement people buy from people they like and if somebody else if if the if the community likes a vendor you're fighting an uphill battle if you're not also there and if you're not also liked so why would anyone look in your direction if they already like a bunch of people who do what you do the yeah. answer is they're not um and the, the second thing is, you know, the, the crux of marketing and growth and sales is I want to track everything. I want to know we spent a dollar here. How many dollars did it come back with? And in my experience, it is impossible so far to track the value of your investment in community, whether that's you're having your employees or you're investing your time or you're going investing resources like conferences. Now, conferences are way easier to track because it's like, all right, we met these people at the conference. How many ended up being clients in yeah, tra days? tracking the Discord name versus the Reddit name versus the Facebook name? <laughs> that versus gets complicated. The, versus the seven burner accounts, you know that they have. Yeah. The oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, you should talk to Ashley Cooper about that one day. Uh, she has a tool <laughs> called Orbit, um, and she's amazing at aggregating community data to use it for the betterment of the community. Um, 
definitely be worth having on an episode like this. The real Ashley Cooper. The real one. Yeah. And um, that's where I see a lot of people. They're like, all right, how long is this going to take to ROI? Okay, well, first off, it's like, it is very hard to figure out when this is going to ROI or if it ROIs. Second, there are nearly three ways to get involved with the community to start today. And what you don't want to hear is that it's going to take you a year. It's going to take you two years to make friends. Like, why does it take that? Have you ever made a friend? Like, how long does it take you to have a great relationship with somebody? Well, like, if it's like you and me, it was instant. <laughs> it's, yeah. You had bourbon and I had a mouth and I could drink yeah. it. And that's how that worked. Problem right? solved, you know. One tequila, two tequila. No, it was, uh, you know, match made in heaven. Um, I've never no, heard I, that bedtime uh, story. One tequila, two tequila. So the Orsini household's a little different than most. <laughs> oh, God. God. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I, um, I'm lost. I lost my I'm sorry. Well, on that note, we can pull ourselves out of this. Uh, so you if you were listening today, uh, community is not only incredibly important for MSPs, uh, it's important, needs to be important for the vendors, if not for transparency, just to build relationships. If you're not there and well-liked, I guarantee somebody else is. And that's probably yeah. who they're going to end up trying to work with because people buy from people they like. True story. Sweet. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Ray. I will absolutely have to have you back on. You're a blast to talk with. I don't care what Simon says about you. <laughs> but I am Connor, the host of Gone Fishing, a CEO of FinSecurity. I was joined by Ray, co-founder, CEO of OIT, and the MSP Media Network. We'll see you around. Later, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high-quality security awareness training campaigns, that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.